welcome to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. Uh, I'm Travis Ritchie, and with me as always is my good friend... Matt Runquist. Matt, hi. Hi, uh, Travis. This is the show where we expose each other to new things. Matt, a big music fan, will assign me one of his favorite albums uh, or playlists or bands to listen to each week, and I, a movie buff, will give him one of my favorite films, and then we come together on this very podcast that you are listening to right now to discuss it all oh it has been a week matthew oh man it has been a week what do you what have you been up to (laughs) i I mean honestly i have to pull up my calendar to remember everything that i did this week because my uh, i knew you were going to ask me what i did and i was like (laughs) oh i don't remember a single thing and uh but it started with uh, i worked the golden globes uh as a stand-in on monday and here in la it has been a rainy wet cold week and uh, so after my regular stand-in job on a talk show i uh, took the bus over the hollywood so i uh, uh, in la i work in the san fernando valley and then if you want to get over to la West Hollywood, Beverly Hills area, you have to go over the Hollywood Hills, right? So there is a bus that I catch right by the work I have in the morning. So that was very convenient. And it was going to be take one bus to Santa Monica Boulevard over the hill, take Santa Monica straight down to the uh, Beverly Wilshire Hotel, which is where they do the Golden Globes. And I thought it was going to be very easy. And I... I'm on the bus to, to going down Santa Monica, and suddenly we're in Beverly Hills, and the bus driver goes, uh, all right, there's a, uh, uh, we're having a detour because, you know, we can't go, f- the Golden Globes is shutting down Santa Monica Boulevard. And he turns off the road, and I'm like, oh, uh, and I said, I'm going to the Beverly Wilshire. Is this the closest that you can get to it? Because suddenly we're heading away from there. And he goes, yep, this is the closest. And so I'm like, all right, I'll get off in the rain and walk almost a mile in the rain. <laughs> and I don't have a, a, an umbrella or anything. I have a hood on my jacket. And, and so I get off the bus. And then the bus turns the direction that I was going and heads the way I was going. And I'm like, well, I, I could have gotten half a mile closer on the bus. Anyway, so I get to work <laughs> and I am soaked uh through the to the like to my skin. My feet are cold and the I have to go through like this COVID testing verification line and credentials. Like security is super tight even though it's this is Monday, that's the day before the event, so it's not like super tight, but it's still pretty tight. And so you have to go through this verification thing, get a wristband, and then go get credentials. So I have my little badge that says I'm okay to be there. And and then we were rehearsing, and the the we were rehearsing like on the red carpet because that's the the show I was doing it for was like this red carpet interview show. And we're standing on the red carpet, which is first not red, second soaked through, and they cover it with this um, plastic to try to keep it dry, but the carpet's already soaked. So the, you're really just, it's, it was awful and it was cold. It was fun in its way, but, um, and luckily one of the other uh, people who was working there gave me a ride home afterwards. Uh, but it was, it was an interesting day. And then um, let's see, Tuesday I had an audition. What I'm hearing from all that is that <laughs> stand-ins don't get limos. That's what I, that's, that's what I got. No, no, we don't. It is a SAG job. And I did actually find out this week that 
if I do this job enough, I can get um, a pension. Like if I if I I can earn a pension by doing what I'm already doing, and I've already earned like one tenth of my pension just from last year. So I was like, wow, that's that's pretty neat. But um, yeah. So then let's see. Tuesday, I had an audition to do at Universal Studios Hollywood what I already did in Universal Studios Japan. And I did get a call back, but I didn't get any further than that, which was a little bit disappointing. But honestly, I've got so much going on, it's not even funny. Um, had I signed my book deal? My yes, new publishing last deal? week okay. you had just signed your book deal. That had just happened. Okay, so now I'm... Uh, one of the things I did was the... Uh, the uh, onboarding call with the publisher and their PR people, the marketing people and the editor and all that were on this call, the Zoom call that we did. So which was actually great for me to get an idea of what their what their business is like and how they do things because it was it, they have whew, uh, they have a process which is nice. Uh, and it was good to kind of see what that process is. It's not just um, one guy in a warehouse. Exactly, which which my current publisher kind of is. So it's nice to, I think, see that the new publisher has a little bit more going on. And uh, let's see, we had writing sessions, a couple of writing sessions for uh, The Idiot's Lantern, which is the sketch group that I do. Uh, we do a big show every year at Gallifrey One, which is the world's largest Doctor Who convention, uh, fan-run Doctor Who convention. And so we are doing a sketch show for that that usually gets a couple thousand people in the audience. And... Uh, so we, we're doing, we're writing that, and that's really fun because it seems to be a really collaborative process this year, where everybody is free to give notes on sketches and uh, and help make them better. So that's going well. Uh, I auditioned to be on The Price Is Right uh, nice. as a contestant, so that's fun. I have no idea if that's going to happen. Wait a minute, uh, I had hold on. What? The contestants for Price Is Right are cast. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. For every no, for every game show, that's not that's not news. Every game show has casting directors for contestants. I totally. It's that, not a scripted thing or anything. But no, they no. Want to make sure that you have right. a personality and. No, I and understand. I I did not know that though. I when yeah. I was sitting at home as a child, you know, with the flu or whatnot, watching The Price Is Right, it was mm -hmm. my thought that everybody who got on that show wandered into the studio in Burbank ah. and then was selected out of the audience by Rod Roddy and yes. called on down. So two things about that. First off, back in the day when it was a whole before, – before COVID, when it was a whole audience, you essentially did that. So oh. the, you showed up to be an audience member in The Price is Right, and they kind of interviewed the audience while you were standing in line. I did go to The Price is Right about 12 years ago with a friend, and he got on. And got all the way to the showcase showdown, but um, and what they did was they interviewed us in line, and he was visiting from out of town, and so they like stuff like that, and he got on, and uh, and so yes, it was much more like that on the Price Is Right specifically back in the day. Once COVID hit, you can't have all those extra people in the audience, so they're doing much more of a traditional you know, casting of contestants. Now, interestingly enough, when I was working at Sprint, when I first got to LA, I helped Rod Roddy take care of his Sprint bill uh, <laughs> while he was in the hospital. Well, wait, don't laugh, don't laugh. Yeah. He was in the hospital dying of cancer, I think. And But he had racked up 
like he had been over his minutes. You remember when you used to have minutes? I do not and retract my laughter. Uh, Rod he, Roddy's uh, funny. That's uh, all there is to it. it. He was, and I got to help him. I got to like talk to him on the phone and like That's... help him through his. Uh, does uh, does he always have Rod Roddy voice, or uh, was that a bit of a put on? Oh, it's a bit of a put on, yeah. So I mean, he, he, you can hear his voice for sure when you're talking to him. And of course, this was almost twenty years ago now, but uh, it was, yeah. It he, when you're talking, it's the difference between me talking like this and saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, come on down." You know, there's a there is a announcerness that you add to your voice. And I'm sure All he right. did too. But Thanks. anyway, so I had the uh, I had the, uh, the, the the that happened this week. So the audition for that. Then on Thursday, I had this um, musical audition class. So we bought in a casting director who was a uh, who who casts a lot of movie musicals. So for instance, he cast the Wicked movie that's coming up. And uh, so was they, he a real class act? Uh, I don't know if that's a pun. That you're making because you just winked at me, but I don't understand. Oh, 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 oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Ladies no, and gentlemen, actually... sometimes Travis doesn't listen to himself, and so <laughs> I, you know, more be... often I don't listen to you. Uh, but... <laughs> I know that's the usual mode, right? That's the usual. No, it mode, is. But While sometimes... we, it's funny listen... <laughs> listening to this podcast over again when I watch when I listen to our episodes. I'm I do realize that I miss you. Making jokes, or 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 possibly as likely, I hear you making a joke that's not funny, and I just let it go instead of what would you rather me do in instances like this where you make a, a pun or a sarcastic remark, but it isn't actually funny to me? Would you like me to call it out, or would you like me to ignore it just for I, the future? I would like you to. I mean, I want you to do what feels natural. Uh, but also, I want you to know that your sense of humor is wrong. So, <laughs> because well, it's funny in my head listening to the podcast. I thought I should have said something about it. I should have like given you at least props, acknowledgement for for your for your joke. Yeah, um, maybe we need like a pun button or something. Uh, a pun maybe. has been told. Uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> Like that. The anyway, so no, Ryan was really cool. It was fun to be in the class, and but the 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 interesting thing about it was normally when we do these casting classes, we have a scene that we perform, but this time we had to sing a song, uh, or or actually perform a song. So they wanted us to pick a song and perform it in front of the class, and so I did somewhere that screen from from uh, Little Shop of Horrors, mm-hmm. and. And uh, my friend Keith Hampton actually did a couple of voice lessons with me beforehand. And so I felt pretty well prepared going into the class. And we did, I performed the song twice. The second time through, he had me really, like he said, the first verse, don't even, don't even sing it, just like speak it. And so I, I did a lot of that. It was, it was interesting. It was a plus work, you know, I did work all week. And then uh, Friday was uh, the first day off and I went to, I went on a hike because it was actually the first day that it wasn't raining here in LA all week. So I did a hike on Friday, another on Saturday. Then it started raining today, uh, although I had another casting class today. Uh, Actually, this wasn't, this was a class with the director um, who I was excited to meet. And yeah, so it's been a busy one, man. 
Wow, sure. that is that is more than I have done. Yeah, well, what have you done? <laughs> well, I did. I, I didn't did. mean to, I didn't mean for that to sound challenging. <laughs> like, oh yeah, oh yeah. What have you done? Lately? What have you done this week? I believe I prefaced it with I haven't done much. Uh, no, but you did. You I did. did write and produce and perform another song uh, that has been released on. I Pink. saw that and I loved the photo that you took for it. Thank you. That was actually the my wife that took that. But that that oh the the bridge you have a talented in the spouse. The bridge isn't in the that background. the one through the through the grasses. It's black. Oh, and that's the that's actually. Oh that yes, yes. No, that is my promo photo. Yeah, that's my promo photo, and uh, yeah, that and my wife took it. Uh, and that has the Milwaukee Milwaukee's Hone Bridge in the background, most famous from its appearance in the movie The Blues Brothers. I didn't know that. Yep, I didn't that, know that anything in The Blues Brothers took place in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's well, it, I mean, it's not explicitly in Milwaukee, but uh, they were halfway through building that bridge. Uh, so the chase at the end of the movie that ends with the car going off the bridge—that is a oh. real—that is a real bridge that existed in real life here in Milwaukee, and they really drove a car oh. off of it for that movie. Just like in Speed, where they had the bus uh, on the. Uh, Just like in the... Speed, they well, yeah. it's a little known fact, but most of the plot of Speed is from the Blues Brothers, so. Yeah, it's a complete. It's a. It's a real. Uh, it's an homage. It's a. Um, it's a soft yeah. reboot of. Yeah. Of Blues Brothers. Well, they wanted to change the gender of one of the characters and you know reboot it in a more inclusive right. way. Well, so. I think the the villain the villain in Speed says he's on a mission from God. Yeah. And uh, so. <laughs> uh, that was good. Uh, that All was, right. That was full marks for go for yes and in that one. Um, oh, thanks. So, so yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the music first this week because we did the movie right, first I'll talk last about week. The music. <laughs> that sounded a little bit like uh, like an accusation. Uh, listen, listen. So uh, the music is the music was fine. So do you want to tell us a little bit about? Uh, yeah, I'll Haim? tell you. Heim is yeah, sure from is. from it's the spelled Haim like Corey Haim. Well, it's Haim, the Israeli Jewish. I'm not sure which language it is because there's a couple of languages, but uh, the the Jewish word for life uh, is Got Haim, it. and that's that's what it's from. Uh, three three sisters raised in L.A. who played in their parents' cover band growing up. And then, uh, you know, went to school and and formed their own band, and uh, have had a lot of success, especially with this album. Uh, Days are gone. Tell me about this album. Is it their first? This is their first album. Uh, they had released a, a couple of EPs, I believe, beforehand, but this was their first full album. Uh, and the success of this album was largely driven by the single "The Wire." Which I think mm. is the second or third track on there. It's the third track, yeah. Uh, so I listened to this on my hike uh, on Friday, and it was a beautiful day. It was the weather was uh, just, it was just a really pleasant day, and I was really excited to listen to this because you you talked it up a lot, and uh, so I started the first couple of tracks, and it was it's fine. <laughs> it's it's. It's it's fine. I'm going to uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a, a heads up. I'm going to give this a very average score. I didn't especially love it. I didn't dislike it at all. 
Um, I, I could easily listen to it. But I will say the word that kept popping into my head as I listened to this was overproduced. Yeah. I liked the vocals. I liked the 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 the, the melodies and that kind of thing, but I thought there were either too many instruments, too much um I don't know, modulation on some of the instruments maybe. I I almost was I found myself wishing to hear a uh unplugged version. Mhm. You know, you remember when they used to do unplugged? I do very distinctly remember when they used to do unplugged. Uh, you know, it's really interesting that you should call that out. Um, Heim's live shows are sort of famous for being pretty different from their albums, from the recorded mm. output. They're obviously all very competent musicians because they've been playing mm-hmm. uh, since a very young age. They're all actually multi-instrumentalists, although they mm-hmm. apparently pretty much stay home when they're in concert. But their their shows are like rock and roll shows. You know, I uh, and, you should send me one of their like a, a, a one of your favorite like if you love the wire for example send me a a live or post a live version. Uh, yeah, that th- that's a that's probably not a bad idea, but I I think that is a really good point that that this is very this is very L A studio production music right like I don't want to mm-hmm. say that they're not exactly industry insiders right their parents weren't like you know. I don't know, Joan Baez and, you know, Neil Young or something, right? Like, sure. But these are... I don't know who one of those people is. Um, but, you know, one of them went to the L.A. Uh, high school for the performing arts. Like, these are people who are well-versed in sort of the tips and tricks of the trade from a very young age. And, yeah, yeah. The, you know, I think one of the reads that people have on Heim is that... Uh, it is sort of inoffensive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know? Yeah, um, it's just that when when you you know that thing when you uh, when you're leaving the house and they say uh, turn around and look in the mirror and the first thing that you see take it off, right? Yes, I do know. I kind of wish that they'd done that with this music. Yeah, like where they would have just taken more. just one thing maybe would have helped. Like maybe so, it was just one too many too many you know uh, electric you know pieces of music or something i don't know you know there's a there's an interesting parallel here to my criticism of empire of the sun last week where uh you know i wanted empire of the sun to be either bigger or smaller and this would be Mm. you know like you're looking for something you know smaller like strip it (laughs) strip it down to like the essentials of the song that you're trying to tell the story that you're trying to tell yeah just a little bit more it's funny that you bring that up because listening to last week's podcast i found myself having criticisms of your criticisms oh yeah like stuff that i wanted to come back at you with and uh mm. but i wanted to watch it and i haven't had a chance i to was watch gonna it say i guess you should have watched the movie then travis i was going to i was going to yeah <laughs> but uh, these, so these guys, it, it almost, so in addition to wanting to see a little bit less, it was just a lot, uh, you know, we've, we've given that criticism to others uh, where it's just kind of, it was a little much, right? Um, almost in the way that young filmmakers are, where they don't trust themselves to be simple, you know, to be what they are they they feel like you have to have all this other stuff on top of it 
to make it flashy and interesting. And uh, it ended up just being a, a little uninteresting to me. Sure, a little sterile. You know, it's funny, yeah. uh, not to bring everything back to the music production that I'm doing lately, but I do definitely notice my instinct to like add another layer, add another layer, do, you know, do more, do more. And, mm-hmm. you know, GarageBand or any, any dog kind of encourages this, right? Because there's, you know, typically 32 or 64 or 128 tracks that you could, tracks, yeah. that you can add use, together. Use DAW, and I've heard that before. What is DAW? Oh, again? sorry. DAW is di- digital audio workstation. So okay. the most famous of which is GarageBand because it comes packaged with every, mac but there's there's lots and lots of daws and they're just a a graphical way to move bits of music around and and put non-linear music production yeah something yeah kind of like kind of like editing video but with yes music tracks yes so uh anyways yeah i I think that I've completely lost track of what I was saying, and we're going to have to cut this uh, out. Just you're but... <laughs> talking about how easy it is to you were talking about oh, how yeah. easy it is to do too much. Yeah, it's it's very easy to do too much to fill up all the space when sometimes yeah. the most interesting thing about music is the silence in between certain things or the subtle interplay of just one or two instruments. Right, and... right. I found myself thinking a bit about the Beatles and how you know essentially they had four instruments for their songs and i would have liked to have heard some of these songs with only four instruments yeah and just heard, heard what it would have sounded like yeah yeah so uh, uh I, I will say i did not listen to this one a second time through and wow because, yeah wow. which i have done on every one so far and partially that's because i just couldn't have been bothered i, I just i felt unmotivated to do so but also it was busy it was me being busy i if i had if it had been I, i'll tell you if it had been nicer weather and i'd been going on more hikes i certainly would have given it a second go okay. but okay i didn't so i, I just, uh, you... and that's more of an admission than a than a condemnation all right that's me <laughs> kind of like qualifying my review what did you think of their voices they were fine. <laughs> they yeah. were, I mean, they were pleasant. I, 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 you know, so um, you might be calling back to kind of my criticism of the Decemberists where I, I literally, I actually didn't like the guy's voice. Oh, I think you're, these... I think you're pretty tuned in to, to whether or not you like vocals. Uh, I think you've mentioned it on Alabama Shakes as well. Uh, Decemberists. Um, yeah. And so, and, and I think part of that though is that again, these uh, these ladies covered up their vocals with too much other stuff, too much sticky stuff all over yeah. all over everything. There's jam everywhere. Okay, okay, okay. Well, bringing it to jam. Jam is fine. I thought you were going somewhere else with this, and I was like, all right, this is a this is potentially a family podcast. Hellraiser, so, 1987. Anyway, I will say, yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, right off the gate with our uh, with our gore fest. So I'll give Heim a um, a, a middle of the road score. A good, uh, I'll say, I'll say five. Okay, yeah, I was gonna go six, but no, no, it's really average for me. Okay, um, I would say that Heim is probably a seven for me. Um, I I really really love the song The Wire. Um, 
and if you do if you do get a a hinkling in the little back of your brain that maybe I should have given this another chance I I would just just throw the wire on and see if if that doesn't hook you a little better all right um, I will do that I will do that for you oh that's so sweet yeah I I value you and your opinion Oh. I'm not gonna. I, I started. I'm definitely it now. not. I'm, I'm do it right now. I'm definitely not gonna say it back. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, that's. Sad. Guys, he sounds Maybe. sad. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'll a little s- sad. Oh, <laughs> fine. Wait, I no. I love you too. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matt. Uh, so, all right. Well, let, should, shall we let Haim go? Yeah, let's let Haim go. <laughs> Great, because I really want to hear your uh, take on the movie that I assigned you. Okay, so the so, first thing we should do, actually uh-huh. not the first thing, but uh, at some point we should record a tag saying there are major spoilers for a pretty recent movie upcoming. Oh, well, we can say that right now. If people are listening to this and they oh, get this far, just okay. know that we're about to talk about uh, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. And yeah. there will be spoilers if you have not seen it. Awesome. And you should and definitely you not see seen it. it. You should yeah. see it. You do. Yeah. So what has happened since we talked last is the uh, the Golden Globes happened. And this movie was nominated for Best Comedy and or Musical. Uh, but it was also nominated against... The Banshees of Irishinen, which was also a very good movie, which was, I guess, a dark comedy. And what's funny is I don't necessarily think of either of these movies as being comedies the way that comedies are. You know, The Martian was nominated under comedy and musical for Golden Globes. So that means nothing. Uh, But it lost to the movie that I thought it should have one over like i i love banshees and i think colin farrell was great and he won best actor which was well deserved but uh, i think that my personal thought is that everything everywhere all at once is the best movie of the year hands down so given that uh tell me what you thought (laughs) i loved it no, I did loved it. it. Yeah, I really did. It, that, that's not so. Sometimes I have a bit of a tone control problem, and it can sound like I'm being sarcastic when I'm not. <laughs> but I absolutely, really, really enjoyed this film. I'm so glad you recommended it to me. Uh, oh. It was it was really good. I actually had a little bit of a false start. I started to watch it in the mid afternoon on a day when I was home and uh, do- dozed off about ten minutes in. That's not. Because the movie was bad, that's because I'm old and sometimes I like to take a little nap, (laughs) a little nappy nap. Um, But so I got to watch the first 10 minutes twice. And it's funny because I picked up more just the the second time of watching that, even having even having not seen any of the rest of the movie. Um, And I will say it it does maybe start a little slower than it needs to or like it. If I have one read of this movie, it's that mm-hmm. the thing, you know, the the bit about how her life has not gone the way she wants it to on any level is a little I I didn't feel like that was super obvious. Um like like it was clear that her life was, you know, chaotic and difficult, but it wasn't like there there's a line in there very specifically about every time things have gone 
could have gone in two different directions. Yours went the like the worst way, right? Uh, and that was really the first time in the whole movie that I felt like that was true. Like I was like, oh, I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, like people live, you know, depressing lives every day, right? Yeah. And and well, so I that's did. The thing, her life was maybe a little a little depressing, but also very normal yeah it, it felt like very normal and so i guess i didn't really get like when you watch the first 10 minutes of joe versus the volcano you know that joe is deeply depressed and right. that life sucks it's almost a press it's hard to watch right because of mm-hmm. how like how intense it is even though that's very much mm-hmm. comedy right uh and this was like oh yeah you know lots of things are going on and she's you know it, like it, it didn't really read for me but anyways so i watched that and then of course you know we dive into the movie and the multiverse opens up and i uh it, it was incredibly impressive i didn't find it terribly hard to follow either um now i did follow your advice and set my phone down and watched yeah watched the movie and i do i do think that really did help because there is a lot that goes unspoken uh sorry un yeah unspoken in this movie or a lot of it's in chinese and so you're having to read subtitles they're switching back and forth between english and chinese very fluidly um but i like travis i could sit here and talk for a half an hour about things specific things that i liked about this movie i liked we looked up the budget afterwards. Twenty six million. They shot yeah, this yeah, movie for twenty six million dollars. Crazy low for a, for a movie as complicated and intricate as it was. Yeah, and it's funny watching some of the behind but, the scenes and you know oh. when. Sorry, not to not to cut you no. off, but like the the moment that I heard that, I was like, you know, that actually makes sense. They were very efficient about the like locations right it it's mm-hmm. all you know we're yes we're evoking this multiverse that's like millions and billions and trillions of worlds but we end up going back to the same places and the places are so different from one another that you don't notice hey every time we go to this world we're it like it's not just the same place in the same world it's like the same shot right yeah <laughs> yeah you know yeah uh-huh. Well, they used the building here in L.A. for uh, basically most of that office building was all in one building that they just took over. They shot in a laundromat. They did have to build some sets like the, the ho- their home above the laundromat as a set. I was lucky enough to see a screening at the Directors Guild Theater here in L.A. And it was uh, they had a they had the directors and a bunch of the crew and it was moderated by Jamie Lee Curtis. And oh, so it was oh, it was lucky. so much fun. You lucky dog. And it was so interesting to to hear them talking about just the challenges of making something for a low budget, but also they were it's funny because they were able to really explore their vision, mm-hmm. which was complex and like I can't imagine any big studio like Warner Brothers or or Disney doing a movie like this. You know, yeah. and in fact, Disney has tried. We can look at Disney's recent like Doctor Strange movies uh, and see how they were trying to be interesting and weird, but also kind of failed to be good story. Yeah. And but this movie, it it had so many surprises for me. Like to have an entire long scene between two rocks. Yeah. And 
originally I think they were going to do voiceovers for those. Mm-hmm. And then at some point they were like, oh no. Subtitles we only. Just, subtitles. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. It's uh, ev- like the integration of the practical effects with the VFX, unreal. And it, and it reminds us once again, like, yes, VFX are amazing. Yes, you can do amazing things, but the, the, the money shot is always in like using as much practical effects as you can in order to get there to, to only do what you can't do with practical effects with VFX because like James, James Hong, his suit at the end where he traps uh, her against the, the staircase with this, like all this like office equipment that has become like a super suit. Right. And those are all like little chunks of stuff that's strapped onto his body. And it's, absolutely fantastic and like just a little the uh so many of the scenes where you're seeing them like sort of experiencing things in multiple worlds at same time uh using the swirling colored lights actually projected on their face right Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. something simple like that rather than doing some like crazy swirly effect that's like drawn on or or computer you just you just take a light and you literally just like swing it around in front of their face like that's genius that's absolutely yeah, yeah. genius you know yeah the did you i also love i mean so much la- like when when rakakuni which was originally just a a one-off reference like a like yeah i thought a, i and, thought that was a throwaway i thought rakakuni was a throwaway joke that yep. was not gonna be anything and instead it became one of the main plot lines just like i thought hot dog fingers was like a throwaway joke yeah and and yeah. it turns out to be really integral integral and it pays off to this yeah. story it was I, I i mean i am not kidding like there was so much to love about this film and i'm so I, glad you loved it and uh, when i watched it a couple of things happened to me i remember where because i went so i didn't t- tell you this last week and what i what i realized as i was listening to me uh when i listened to the podcast over and i was listening to myself assign it to you i didn't mention that i went into this movie completely blank like i had maybe seen a trailer but and i think that i've really enjoyed going into movies with a blank slate like not knowing what to expect not doing the thing that i did as a child or, or as a young person where i was you know obsessively looking at spoilers and trying to figure out what was coming up you know reading the script ahead of time if i could all that stuff uh i will allow myself to watch one trailer maybe just to get a vibe and then i will look at reviews only in so much as to see if it's getting good reviews or bad reviews but besides that i don't really look at anything and so this movie i went in completely blank and so i didn't know that jamie lee curtis was in it so it took me several minutes to look at this character and be like oh my god that's jamie lee curtis and uh and the same thing with uh with uh key uh, who yeah uh at some point, he said something like, "Like that's not funny," and I was like, "Oh my god, it's short round." Yeah, and uh, um, and so so it's funny. I did know that he was in the movie. I didn't know Jamie Lee Curtis was in the movie. But your general philosophy towards seeing movies now is is very much in line with what I have been doing for for quite some time. I really dislike. 
I understand the marketing reasons why uh, previews are so uh, they give the game away because yes. the, apparently that gets butts in the seats and that's fine, that's right? Crazy. Like I and and you know, we'll see four or five trailers for a movie. Like the, I I keep on seeing a new trailer for Megan before I you know before the movie comes out and I haven't seen it yet, but I want to. But only based on that first trailer. I just watched the first trailer, and that got me in. And uh, I want to see that movie now. But um, uh, just I have enjoyed. I, I remember like, what was it the the other multiverse movie that I did love recently was uh, the a couple of them. The Spider Man movies have been great. Like Spider Man, uh, the animated Spider Man into the Spider Verse is a perfect movie. Uh, and the newest Spider Man No Way Home live action one is a great movie. Not perfect, but really great. And I went into both of those completely blind. Okay. And so uh, that helped me enjoy those experiences. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I do, so I, happy that you like this. Yeah, I do. I do. I Man, I've got more. I want to, I want to talk about the cast one by one. Obviously James, yes. Hong, James Hong is absolutely fantastic. He's apparently been 75 since like 1982. <laughs> uh, I think he was 75 in the golden child. Yeah, he he was seventy five in the Big Trouble in Little China. He's seventy five right. now. Uh, he's he's absolutely fantastic, and uh, I like you can just say that over and over again. Michelle Yeoh is I. You know, it's funny is I I recognize Jamie Lee Curtis right away. I did not recognize Michelle Yeoh for a good two or three minutes. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, because she was just playing herself, but she was so like beaten down. Like yeah, this is a woman true. this is a woman who like carries importance and like re- like it, it, if she's never played an empress it's a damn shame because like the woman like projects like power and royalty right yes, so to yes. see her like upset at her husband and doing taxes it just didn't i was like oh my god that's michelle yo right right uh, and and, it, and 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 being a person who is uh at who is under the control or the whims of of someone else you know yeah like where she depends on J- jamie lee curtis's opinion to yeah live you know yeah yeah and uh, you know obviously there's a lot for her to do in this movie and she does it extremely extremely well um you know, trying to balance all of the different things on her and balancing the different worlds and everything was just, I don't, I can't say enough good about it. Um, also, so going back to Jamie Lee Curtis, what, like, if you're Jamie Lee Curtis sitting in your home and in wherever she lives, <laughs> Malibu or whatever, and yeah. somebody says, hey, you're going to get to do a Kung Fu sequence with Michelle Yeoh. Right, like well, you just and, and you sign up. That's how you, you sell sign it. up yes, for that movie. Like, like, right. can you imagine she ever would have thought, "Hey, you know what? I'm going to be doing a kung fu movie with probably the greatest female pr- practitioner of kung fu, like in the U.S. in film." Right, right, right. Like, uh, you know, you that's just what an opportunity and what a joy to watch her just like eat it up. I mean, it's so yeah. good. And yeah, they were see- all so game. That's what oh, I love about yeah. it too. Like they were she all just like, completely in this ridiculous. I mean, world. Jamie Lee Curtis like looking dumpy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you make Jamie Lee Curtis look dumpy? You know, right? Like, yeah, uh, she's and she just 
like inhabits that body and like goes yeah. for it and just she has been wow. loving this movie too like oh yeah i saw the meme the memes going around of her mm-hmm. reacting to michelle yo's win uh unreal mm-hmm. like the woman just absolutely lost her mind and i i love her i've loved her for a really long time you know what's funny is i've never seen the original halloween but um you know oh, obviously really? yeah uh, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis has done lots and lots of really great stuff and you know not to mention the Activia commercials yes it's, exactly it's yogurt for your butt <laughs> <laughs> it's yogurt for your butt the uh, I, I, I when I was I was the perfect age I guess to be uh, on to be to viewing True Lies when she did mm-hmm. that yeah. scene oh, where she God. was doing the strip where she's dancing scene, for, dancing yeah yeah. For, oh. So yeah, yeah, right. Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. For, yeah. Forever. If if you are at all not on the end of the Kinsey scale, she'll get you. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, let's see. Okay, he Kwan, Obviously. Okay. So this is like his big comeback role, right? Yes. And unreal. Absolutely unreal. The switches between the different characters. At, yeah. Like, just there's no hesitation whatsoever. Just there's not like there's you know I think a lot of people would have played it with like a like a sort of a beat right but he's able to go from this like character who who shares a lot with his uh, short round and his character from the Goonies whose name escapes me right oh God mm-hmm. is it the racist name is that the like uh, oh uh, I've only seen Goonies a couple times I don't oh remember, really uh... yeah uh, oh no I'm thinking of Long Duck Dong from uh, from Sixteen Candles. Um, uh. anyways, uh, so he, but, so he plays a character that kind of feels like an adult version of short round, you know, you know, like enthusiastic and fast talking and, uh, you know, sort of <laughs> living was data in the Goonies. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, and you know, and then playing the, uh, alpha, alpha way, Waymond way. What's his name? Waymond, Way- yeah. Yeah, Waymond. Yeah, okay. It's it's an odd name. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is. I'm I not think, sure what the origin it was, of it is. Uh, yeah, when I was watching it, I thought it was um I thought they were mispronouncing Raymond, but it's oh. it's Waymond. Yeah, no, I, I watch everything with the subtitles on, so I knew it was Waymond. I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't mm. remember what it was. But yeah, he you know, his his switching into Alpha Waymond is absolutely just unreal. Just yeah. like I, oh god. So good. So good. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that? Uh, oh, and then Stephanie Shu, right? So yeah, I was I just going to say this. Yep. So do you know Stephanie Shu from anything? Only from, uh, like, she was in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. And... But in my, I, you know, I was thinking about this. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I, she very much became kind of an integral part of that show, which I never expected when the character showed up. I thought this is a throwaway you know, character, minority character for a show that was criticized for being too white in its first season. And and she has really, like, made that a big part of the show. And, and Oh, interesting. You know, I think I'm a season or two out from that. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're not caught yeah. up on – yeah, she's she's really – I mean, you know, obviously the show is about is about Mrs. Maisel and, and her thing. But, you know, she's stealing half the scenes with Joel now, so – 
Yeah. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, and she obviously does a really, really good job uh, embodying the character of Jobu. And... I, my mind was blown the first time I watched it. I, 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 I went out, I, I came out of the theater just being like, I, 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 and all I know for sure is that I had an absolutely amazing time watching this movie. And I was moved. Like, I cried. I oh, laughed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, so, and, and, and I don't know that I got it all. So when I was able to see it a second time, I picked up a lot of the stuff that you were talking about where yeah. just details and, yeah. and seeing jokes that are set up. Oh my God. The costuming in this movie, the Jobu spit curl on her forehead. Can mm-hmm. you, I, Amy pointed that out to me and I'm like, oh my God, this is and yeah. like the so costuming for, for Jobu is amazing, but just, oh, just touch after touch is just right there so good yeah yeah uh well okay great uh i i mean i don't want to i don't know that we need to talk much more about it oh god really because i but we could yeah this is an this is another 10 for me obviously oh great yeah Yeah, i think it's a 10 for me too uh this is for me a perfect movie yeah Uh, i haven't you know i i will watch it again and i will i i I, having seen it twice i can confirm that it was as good the second time as it was the first time which is a good test and so um i I look forward to seeing it you know what i do have more the the cutting together of this movie can you Mm -hmm. imagine if somebody comes to you and says hey i want you to edit this movie together you're gonna have to you're gonna do like six billion cuts in four minutes uh it's from oh god the splitting together and splitting together scenes uh yeah like in the same frame yes just unreal abs i don't I don't know how they shot the. I presume they shot this, you know, one location, one location, one location. But to be, yeah, to recreate those shots well enough that they could either do them straight up, like composite them or VFX to to put them together. Yeah. Like, oh, unreal. it's interesting. You should watch some of the behind the scenes on this because there there were moments where, uh, like the moment where she suddenly shows up in the van and and the hand comes yeah. in. Um, and like punches into the window yeah. it's actually the director's hand punching nice. into the window and like <laughs> they have two different like they had two different shots that they had to cut together because the two people weren't in the van at the same time and like uh, okay. stuff like that so they were really doing this like guerrilla filmmakers um and it's interesting a couple of big names were involved in this like it was produced by the russo brothers who okay who directed uh, the Avengers uh, Endgame and Infinity War and the last two Captain America movies, which were both very big. So they've, they're have they big movie directors, but they come from Community and oh, maybe okay. Arrested Development too. Uh, okay. I'm not sure about the Arrested Development, if that was someone else I'm thinking of. But uh, they both have their roots in comedy Okay, and then and then got given the biggest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And so now they're able to kind of produce movies like this that are inventive mm-hmm. and original, which I think that's also the kind of the wonderful thing about it is it's even though it's with this this multiverse thing, which is kind of a trope, it's a trend right now. It's a current trope. It does it in such an interesting, imaginative way. And I also love from a storytelling point of view how it's so complicated but you get it. They explain it the perfect amount yeah. yeah, for you to understand what's going on, Yeah, even though it makes no sense. Yeah. But you get it as a viewer enough to just enjoy the ride. 
Right. There was never a point in this movie to call back to our first episode where I was going, why immortal? How immortal? There mm-hmm. was never, I was never, I I don't yeah. care. I don't care how they're getting from multiverse to multiverse. I don't care exactly how the do something weird thing works. The point is, is like, it it hangs together. And I yeah. just, I really, really loved it. It And it obeys its own rules. Which it obeys I really, its really own like. rules. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I will stop adding things now, but I, <laughs> I really cannot encourage you all enough to go see this. I wish that we had gotten a, an album. One of these days we're going to get an album and a movie that we both like at the same time. And it's going to uh, be, it's going right. to, the world's going to explode or something. But Okay. Well, oh, wait, we uh, already so did from both of us. Yeah, we already did. I'm sorry to cut you off. Hellraiser and Ghost was also was was our first. Both, yeah, both uh, pretty good albums and, and movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyways, okay, yeah, tens from us both. Awesome. Well, what uh, what for next week? What for next week? So next week we have. Uh, oh God, I forgot. Oh no. So uh, Heim is a family band. Okay. And so I thought to myself, maybe let's stick with the family band theme. Uh, are you okay. fam- are okay. you familiar with the band AJR? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were going to recommend like Hanson or something. <laughs> <laughs> I for the J-A-R, record HJR what A J R AJR Arger Arger. Uh, it's definitely AJR. It's their first initial. So it's three brothers. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, and are they, they have, they are cute. Yeah, they're real cute. Nice. Um, they have an apartment together in Queens, something okay. like that. And they record all their albums there in their apartment. Um, like still? They're, they're, they this is do, like as far as I know, they are on a major label, but part of their contract is that they get to continue with their recording process of recording in their, wow. uh, yeah, in their apartment. So I put together, so they have uh, five or six albums. Uh, to be honest, I'm not exactly sure. Amy is a bigger fan of them than I am. I, I, I enjoy AJR, but I have not delved deeply into them. Um, so I had her help me put this playlist together. I think there's 11 songs on it. Okay. And it's, uh, throughout their career, they had a pretty big hit last year with the song bang. Um, so you might've, you might've heard that walking through uh, a public place, uh, that, (laughs) that got, that got played on the radio a fair bit. Okay. Um, Maybe I do walk through public spaces, uh, occasionally. I try to avoid it as much as possible. Well, you know, in the time of COVID, sure. Yeah. Uh, but that that's the, your assignment for next week is uh, AJR. All right. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, I am uh, sneakily going to use uh, our, our perfect score for uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once to sneak you into uh, the aforementioned multiverse-loving spider-man movie guys he's sticking me with a superhero movie so i have i've told you that i wanted to get you into some superhero movies and this is one of my favorites and i think so it's animated so it's uh it's uh, this is going to be uh spider-man into the spider-verse which came out a few years ago but i think 2000 um might have been 2019, uh, might be 18, but uh, not too not too long ago. And it is a uh, it's it's a it's a it's from the same people who did the Lego Movie. Did you see that by any chance? Uh, I think I did. Yeah. So uh, it's a really strong writing team. The interesting thing about this that I think 
will be a good entry point for you besides coming off of Everything Everywhere is that uh, Into the Spider-Verse has a very strong music component. They're, oh, they're very deliberate with their music choices, and I think the music plays uh, very well into the movie. So I think you'll appreciate that. And uh, But the other thing I like about it is that you don't need any previous knowledge to go into this movie. All right, you can watch it completely blank and I think get the same enjoyment out of it. Um, now, assuming you don't have a predilection against animated movies, which can be the only, I think the only thing, I mean, and, and you also have a stated, like, not disdain, but uh, maybe, was it, what's less than disdain? <laughs> um, you, you don't, we know you don't like superhero movies. Let me just Yeah, I've, so... I've spent a long time, you know, hearing about, oh, this is the best superhero movie ever and and mm-hmm. watching it and not liking it. Um, I suspect an animated movie is probably the the way to get me into it because one of the things that I really dislike about um, about modern superhero movies is how little of them is like real physical stuff that exists in the world um mm, there's there's a lot sure. of there's a lot of bodies flying you know 300 right. yards you don't get the physics so you don't get that kind of don't get of, the yeah. physics so and, once you once you discard that completely by making it all fake then yeah. it gives you it, it maybe it yeah. makes it easier to suspend your disbelief yeah helps uh, me into the world a little bit comics are a uh animated form in, to begin with right they're they're yeah. drawings Right, so it's uh, it's maybe more apropos for the for the for the genre, but yeah. uh, okay, so yeah, that's what I'm going to have you watch, and I uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm going to let you go in as blank as possible. Um, I will say that I I do think that one of the other things I like about this movie is that it it's about person, it's about the person and emotion. It's not nece- it's not as much about the thing. Well, I, I'm just going to stop talking. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say anything more. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. uh, I am excited for next week. I'm excited to uh, listen to E A A J R. I got it. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to have you watch some uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Matt, thank you for exposing yourself to me. Thank you for exposing yourself to me, Travis. Oh, well, it has been delightful hearing your voice in my ears as always, and I will uh, see you again next week. Yeah, I'll see you next time.